0: Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. We're really pumping out the uh, football episodes today. We're with Scotty Melvin, and he's got 4A, is it, what district is it?
1: We're looking at 4A District 3. 4A
0: District 3. Well, Scott, take over.
1: All right, I'm back again with one more uh, dive into our local high school football and a little beyond with uh, the teams that these guys play in 4A District 3. It's our biggest class. We don't have anybody in Southeast Iowa in 5A, so, I can take a break after this one, (laughs) but uh, this, this district contains some power teams, um, especially last year, but the one that got everybody's eye, I think once again, the North Scott Lancers, not an area team, but one to pay attention to because they are the standard setter for this district right now. They uh, finished the year ranked number one last year, but they got bit in the first round by Decorah, the upset, Expert Vikings, they uh, downed them in the first round in a a shocking way at the end of the game. So North Scott did not make a return trip to the Dome, and they did not repeat as champions like a lot of us thought they would would do. Um, And having said that, they're a good shot to make it all the way back and and do it again this year. And I'll bet you they're a little bit angry, the kids that are returning. And uh, we'll start with who they lose, though, like we always do. And and right off the bat, they do lose their starting quarterback from a year ago, Grayson Jewell and he was a big time productive player from the quarterback spot 2211 yards passing 27 touchdowns and that's pretty much all he did he was he was uh, uh, seemed to be a pocket guy or whatever he did not uh, do any rushing or anything like that of, of note uh they also lose running back uh, running back darnell butler who put up 806 yards and another eight touchdowns he caught 14 balls from grayson and a touchdown so Between those two kids there, you know, I'm talking uh, 36 touchdowns of production gone. And for some teams, that might be a huge loss. But we're talking about North Scott here. It's another one of those, I like to use that term, reload. And this is a program that will reload. And, uh, you know, they do lose a couple of their top wide receivers, uh, guys that Grayson like to throw to, Jacob Nelson, 56 catches, 15 touchdowns. Wide receiver Oliver Hughes, 57 catches and another eight touchdowns. So two favorite targets are gone. But on the return side, um, North Scott's going to do just fine. They've got a senior quarterback coming in that didn't get a a ton of work last year. Drew Kilberg just uh, had three touchdown passes, but he appears to have some legs. uh, So they may have a dual threat this year at the quarterback spot, which does not bode well for the rest of this district because if they've got a a kid back there that can do both, it's going to be a – a tough thing for other teams to overcome from their defensive side. But anyway, uh, Drew, he had 245 rush yards and four touchdowns in his backup role. He's got a wide receiver. That's a senior coming back, Miles Robertson. Some modest numbers, 20 catches, couple of TDs. Uh, a big tight end, A.J. Peterson, who uh, put up more stats on the defensive side last year, 47 tackles. A linebacker named Seth Madden, who also plays on the offensive line, 56 tackles. And then a defensive back, Cole Jennings, returns that uh, picked off six passes last year. So every level on the defense has a, a star returning. And uh, that's, that's never a bad thing for your team. And as I look through their, their lineup for this season, if you get on varsity bound, Dave, I'll tell you that a lot of teams already have their rosters um, kind of divvied up and, and set on paper. And so you can go ahead and look at this year's guys without having to sort through last year's seniors that would be in that mix from from uh, the 2021 season. So North Scott's got a huge line. Once again, I've read a little bit about them on Twitter uh, from some of the sports writers up that way, you know, Quad City area that have uh, taken a look at their practices and they look to be as menacing as ever. And that's something they've been hanging their hat on for a while and you've been talking about it. Offensive line may be the most important unit on your team. And it could be the same for the defensive line, you know, getting that initial push uh, and these guys, they've got every piece a team could want for that. So they're going to be tough to, to deal with in this district. So I've got them finishing first North Scott Lancers. Let's just get it out there. I'm picking them to win for a district three. Don't know they'll dominate it the way they did a year ago, but that, that remains to be seen. Cause we've got some teams that, uh, are, are kind of on the upswing here. I'm going to go with my number two and I'm going to go with, uh, the Iowa City Liberty Lightning, they only finished 3-6 and six last year, but they were in a lot of games, uh, lost some heartbreakers, and I mean some real close one-score type stuff. Uh, gave everybody a run for their money, even in those losses. Um, and we're in, a, in the playoff mix due to the, their performance in the district up till towards the end of the season. They dropped some close games that, that kind of uh, took them out of it. They're coached by Washington guy, James Harris, a guy I know a little bit from uh, – training up at the YMCA there in Washington. He led the demons to some of their, their best seasons here in, in recent years. And uh, now he's up there at Liberty. And I think in his second year, they'll take a big step forward. I think uh, they will turn into a top three finisher. I've got him at number two. They do lose Darius Willis Newell, uh, their top running back. He rushed for over a thousand yards and 13 touchdowns. They're going to lose a wide receiver defensive back, Luke Myers, who had 26 catches and a couple of touchdowns he had three interceptions on defense so he's a, a two-way contributor that they'll miss and then a wide receiver linebacker griffin craft you had 61 tackles and a couple sacks so you know some some nice players that are going to graduation there but but uh, like i said i think lightning's on the upswing here uh they've got a senior quarterback coming back ty hughes he passed for 1168 yards last year eight touchdowns another rush touchdown so uh Chances are pretty good. Like most kids, he's going to take a step forward from junior to senior year and have that confidence that comes with him as, uh, you know, as, as an upperclassman, and I expect him to have a great year. Um, then we've got a linebacker and a tight end, Christian Barney. Good-sized kid, 15 catches, three touchdowns last year. He had 57 tackles, a couple of sacks from his uh, linebacker spot they got a senior wide receiver defensive back, Wyatt Williams, that has three interceptions uh, on the season last year. So they've got uh, three, what I would call three key players that they'll be missing and three key players returning. So that's a nice nucleus to build on. Good numbers up there. They're going to get a big test. That's that game at Kinnick Stadium against uh, Iowa City High. They lost. Uh, that was the one game they lost badly last year. And I expect you know that they will give City High a lot better game this year. So that's what I'm looking for, and I'm going to put them at number two as of right now for 4A District 3. Moving on down uh, in the third spot, and, and it's starting to get a little tougher to pick here, especially between my next two, but I'm going to go ahead and put the Fort Madison Bloodhounds at the three spot. Last year was exciting times for the Bloodhounds. Coach Derek doherty has got that program rolling. They started out 6-0 and um, and were just playing lights out. They were blowing out teams, putting up numbers. And then they hit a really tough part of their schedule and, and lost their last three to Liberty, which was a bit of an upset. But like I said, North Liberty was not to be slept on last year. They they were not a team to take lightly. They were as good as anyone. They just didn't show it record-wise. Then they lost, of course, to, to conference leader uh, North Scott. And then Burlington, who was another one that was a real even match there. And, and those teams were really fighting for playoff uh, positions. And Fort Madison just – Barely came out on on the short end of it to miss the playoffs six and three, which was uh, really heartbreaking to me because I thought you know the season they had and being six and three, it just terrible to see them get left out of the postseason. But uh, that's the way it went, and they lose uh, uh, some big pieces um, for sure. And we'll start with that uh, biggest piece, quarterback Landis Williams, who you know, man, he you could have maybe put him up there as as our Southeast Iowa. Offensive Player of the Year, and you wouldn't be wrong to do it. He completed almost sixty-five percent of his passes, and they threw a lot—sixteen um, hundred and forty-four yards through the air, sixteen touchdown passes. He rushed for another five hundred and forty-three. So here's yet another guy that was well over two thousand yards of production uh, from the quarterback spot. Another nine touchdowns on the ground, so he totaled twenty-five. Um, hard kid to replace. I mean, he was—he uh, was something, and he—he and he, he was a. Uh, uh, Big-time athlete for the Bloodhounds in all sports last year, but uh, football was probably our favorite uh, for him, and they're going to miss him. Uh, they also are going to lose running back linebacker Jake McGowan, a uh, 500-yard rusher. He had eight touchdowns um, from his linebacker spot, seven sacks. Uh, I think i have missed a few through my researching all these classes, but all these previews I've done, I, I think that seven sacks might be tops of um, anyone I've seen. So great numbers, both sides of the ball from him. He's gone to graduation. Another big name from the Bloodhound uh, gang that we saw a lot last year, wide receiver safety Tate Johnson. He's graduated. He caught 47 passes from Landis, uh, 653 yards, seven touchdowns. He had 36 tackles from his defensive back spot. And his mate back there and on the wide receiver core, Gavin Wiseman, is also gone, and he caught 23 balls and three touchdowns. And had 39 tackles from his his safety spot. So they these are these are really great kids that uh, they're going to miss a lot down there in Fort Madison. And then of course Austin Insminger, uh he played offensive line and linebacker, where you know he, he put up 43 tackles and another four sacks and three interceptions. One of those do everything type of kids. They'll be they'll be sorely missed. But um, Fort Madison's not going to be hurting too bad because they've got. Uh, Waiting in the wings, quarterback Aiden Boyer. He didn't have a a ton of numbers sitting behind Landis Williams last year, but he threw four passes, completed all of them for a little over 100 yards and a touchdown. That's a nice little start there. And then uh, they return senior wide receiver safety Kane Williams, who caught 34 passes for six touchdowns last year. And another wide receiver defensive back, Xander Wellman, who had 17 catches. Um, And I expect him to step up big time on the defensive side. And then an offensive lineman, linebacker Tanner Settles, who hey get get this seven sacks for him too. So we got two of the sack leaders that I've that I've seen in all of these previews we've done, right there, playing for the Bloodhounds, and they're both back this year. So there's some really good pieces to build on for for Coach Doherty. And uh, when you talk to him, I can't wait to hear how things how things go, or you know how it's how it's looking for this season because I, I think a lot of people think they'll take a step back and. I'm not seeing it. I think they could challenge for that second spot in the uh, in the division there. So we'll see what happens. But uh, moving on from them, I'm going to have to go with the Burlington Greyhounds in the number four spot. And they lose the superstar of Southeast Iowa on the offensive side of the ball last year. Bryant Williams, the running back, uh, highlight reel kid, 2,200 yards rushing. <laughs> In 4A football and playing tough competition, he averaged over 10 yards a carry. I believe he signed on to play a ball up there at UNI. Um, Just, you can't say enough about this kid. He was amazing. 28 touchdowns reception, uh, I'm sorry, rushing, and uh, three receptions only on the season. One of them went for a 68-yard touchdown. And you got to remember, Burlington almost didn't throw the ball ever last year. They literally ran the ball at everybody. And they did that with him primarily, and he got the tough yards. He got the, the highlight reel long yards. I believe he had a, an over-90-yard uh, touchdown against Oscar Luso last year in a loss. Um, no one could slow him down. They knew he was coming. You, you couldn't stop him. You couldn't even slow him down. And his mate back there in the backfield, quarterback Kanye Baker, who turned in a really nice senior year, um, it, like I said, hardly threw the ball at all. He still was able to get 316 yards through the air and three touchdowns. And then he rushed for almost uh, 560 yards and another seven touchdowns. So two huge pieces for the Greyhounds that are gone uh, from the offensive backfield. And then a couple of linemen that were just stellar. Uh, Carlo Martinez-Hale, he, he got most of his attention, I think, from his linebacker spot. Uh, 59 tackles, three interceptions, good numbers from a linebacker there, hard-nosed, strong kid. And then uh, – The offensive lineman, defensive lineman, Julius Harris, that any coach that played against or coached against the the Greyhounds last year raved about this kid. He was huge. He was strong, deceptively fast. Um, They're going to miss him big time. But I don't have a ton of uh, kids to throw out there to talk about for what they return. But the one that they do have, Nolan Simpson, who is slated to play quarterback this year, uh, take over for Kanye. Um, And then he's a linebacker, and he was a great one last year for the Greyhounds. He had 34 tackles. His numbers aren't huge. 225 yards rushing last year, about six yards of carry. Um, But I I see him on Twitter a lot. He's got prototypical college kid size for football. Uh, His strength numbers are great. I think he benches way over 300 pounds. Um, I want to say he's a little over six feet, 225, 230, something like that. So this kid – you know, he he's going to go play in college if he wants to, and, and quite possibly a Division one school, but uh, he's the kid they're going to have to lean on, uh, I think, on both sides of the ball. I think he will lead them in such a way as the Greyhound season will go as he goes. Having said that, head coach Jim Crackle down there, he, he strikes me as a guy that's really rah-rah, very, uh, you know, bleeds to purple and gray, and uh, he's got a roster that was, really stood out to me when I, when I looked it over because there were over 40 kids that I counted on this varsity squad for Burlington, every single player, a junior or senior. I don't know if there's that much experience on any other team that we've covered. And, uh, I mean, I would highly doubt it. And, uh, that bodes really well. And, and all those names outside of Nolan, I don't know hardly anything about them, but there's some good size there. Um, and they're probably a bunch of kids that were just waiting to get their shot. And it's a big town, a big school, um, especially for 4A. I think they're going to do pretty well. I've got them down at number four, but I could see them sliding up to three or even number two, depending on how it all, all goes for them this year and, and what kind of pieces they're able to put together. That brings me to number five, and I think it's going to be the Mount Pleasant Panthers. Um, I think last year was a, a really rough year for them. They were one and eight. And they really did get beat up on quite a bit in this uh, particular district, especially. Um, And then they do lose a couple of pretty good players, but they've got some, what I noticed about their roster a ton of youngsters and, uh, and they've got some good size and they've got a very long roster. It was uh, a lot of names, a lot of players on this team. So I think the numbers are coming back up down there. So I expect them to take a step forward. I don't think they'll go one and eight this year. I think they'll win more games than that. Um, but we'll go over who they've lost, and, and we'll start with the safety quarterback, Carson Coleman. He passed for 700 yards last year and a couple of touchdowns, rushed for three more touchdowns. Kind of modest numbers, but, you know, they were overmatched a lot last year. Uh, linebacker Chase Irving is gone. He had 44 tackles and a sack on that side of the ball. So two two good senior leaders are gone. But uh, like I said, they're, they're so full of youth, and I think that was kind of their bugaboo last year was having so many young players that were key contributors, but were probably just a little overmatched playing 4A football. And I'll start with their their top returner, Peyton Hagens. He is just going to be a junior this year, and he put up what I think are phenomenal numbers for a sophomore in this district last year, Uh, 420 yards rushing, uh, four and a half yards per carry. That's pretty good numbers for a young kid in in 4A football, five touchdowns. And um, he had 19 catches as well and a touchdown and both on the receiving end and both on the rushing. end, I noticed that is that he had a couple of really long scoring plays. And that tells me the kid's got some speed and, you know, that's always good to have on the team. When you, (laughs) when you're trying to uh, move up in your, your division, you want to put the speed guys out there and uh, we'll see how he does. Uh, Like I said, there's not a lot for me to throw out there for the Panthers as far as who's returning. Uh, There weren't a lot of stats for him last year. Um, but I expect that to change this year, and Peyton's going to probably lead that charge, and I'd like to see the the Panthers do better, but I've got him at number five, and that'll bring up the last uh, last place in the in the district, and this year, I think it's going to be the Clinton River Kings. And uh, Dave, you do know that the second most famous David Johnson on planet Earth played for the Clinton River Kings in high school, right?
0: Well, i, I debate about how second place he is, but
1: well, I love him, but he's second place to me because you're going to be number one in my heart at, uh, forever, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a, you know, former U and I star, former rookie of the year for my Arizona Cardinals, uh, David Johnson played for the Clinton River Kings, boy, they could use him this year. Um, they they had a, a pretty rough season last year, finished two and seven. They lose uh, quarterback Jai Jensen, and, and he put up some good numbers considering they had such a a rough year in this district. Um, you know, 1,800 pass yards, 17 touchdowns, almost another 400 on the ground for him and four touchdowns. He put up some good numbers, so uh, he he did what he could. Uh, he had a wide receiver, Zach Connell, that's also gone now, uh, and he caught 22 of his passes for almost 600 yards and four touchdowns, including a 96-yarder. So I bet you he was a speed speed guy, too. And But unfortunately, the River Kings lose those guys. And on defense, they lose their top two tacklers, so – you know, the coverage never bare, but, um, those are some pretty big production guys to lose when you're already kind of in that, uh, bottom part of your division, but we'll see what they bring back these bigger schools. Sometimes, you know, you never know what's, what's sitting there in the underclassmen group. And, uh, we'll see what happens, but as far as digging up who they return that I think will contribute a lot this year, they've got a few running backs, uh, one, Tavian Bailey. He's a senior this year, modest numbers last year, a little over, you know, 250 yards, three touchdowns, um, Another running back, A.J. Russell, not quite 200 yards and a touchdown last year. He had 12 receptions, too. So they got a couple pieces there on the offense. And then a wide receiver it's a senior this year, uh, Addison Benny, he did catch 24 passes from from Jai uh, for 564 yards and seven touchdowns. So there's a pretty big contributor on offense. Now, what I, what I did notice when I went through their linemen, they have a ton of seniors and some good sides. So things could look more up for them than I think. But we won't know until, like we've talked about, they get on that field and play. And until that happens, um, based off of what I got on paper and what little I know about the Clinton River Kings, I've got them at the number six spot. And that wraps up 4A District 3 for me, bud.
0: Well, that's another great uh, uh, analysis. Now, let's talk about this game at Kinnick Stadium that you're going to.
1: Okay, so week one, the official week one for um, Iowa high school football, August 26th. Iowa City Liberty will take on Iowa City High at Kinnick Stadium. It's a normal Friday Night Lights game. Um, they're really pumping this one up. They'd like to see some attendance records get broken, and I don't. I don't think they mean uh, uh, attendance records as far as Kinnick Stadium because it's going to be hard to over or you know outdo a Hawkeye game. But as far as high school goes, they've got the capacity there with that huge stadium they're playing at to definitely set a high school record and uh, I want to be there for this because it's a historic event. And uh,
0: if our listeners wanted to join you, uh, how do they get tickets for that? I think that's online only.
1: I think so. And I could be wrong about that. And uh, We can definitely dig into that more, but that's what I had seen so far with it. You have to go online and buy tickets um, for the game. And I believe it's $10, which, you know, it's a little bit high for a high school game around here, but ten bucks, man. I mean, for seeing some quality sports for the so.
0: ambiance of Kennick Stadium, it's a bargain beyond belief.
1: Oh yeah, it's a fraction of what you're going to pay to go watch the Hawkeyes, who I I hear have sold out every game at home this year already. So if you're like me and you're probably not going to get to Kennick to see uh, the Hawkeyes play this year, here's a chance to go to Kennick and see some high quality football and the future of uh, some of the, a couple of the sports programs there at. Um, iowa university ben keeter who plays linebacker and tight end for for city high will be on full display on on the college field that he will be playing on in the future he's a senior he's uh destroyed the competition worldwide on the wrestling mat um all summer long he's a state champion here in the state of iowa um he is maybe the meanest most tenacious linebacker i've ever seen on film Anyway, i haven't seen him in person yet but that's part of the draw for me i want to see our old friend James Harris for, for the lightning, bring a competitive team from from North Liberty over to to play the city high Hawks. And, and uh, you know, hopefully just a really great game and it'll be a great atmosphere, no doubt. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that one.
0: Well, August has some of the most uh, unique sporting opportunities in the state of Iowa ever. We just had the first uh, minor league game ever at the field of dreams in uh, Dyersville, Iowa, the, Cedar Rapids Colonels and the quad C river bands played tonight oh, The uh. Chicago Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds are playing there. Uh, we got this double header, unprecedented double header showcase week zero in Martinsdale for the best teams and eight man football going to be there. Eight man football. Uh, like I say, it's on display if you're, you know, there and then you got, then you wrap it up with this game at Kinnick stadium. I mean, they're, they're doing a great job to promote this sport and uh, these kids, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I feel really blessed to be over here in Iowa. I grew up in Illinois, and, and uh, it was more of a basketball state, but where I came from in the cornfields over there, football was the thing. And, and I got to see some really special events over the years uh, there, and I've seen some great players and events here in the state of Iowa, but I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like what they're bringing us those first two weeks of the season. Um, with this uh, week zero doubleheader at Martinsdale for the eight player, and then on the big school side, a, a crosstown rival game at Kinnick Stadium. I mean, it's it's unprecedented, and I I don't know if I've ever been more revved up. And that's that's a uh, that's a tall order right there <laughs> to get to, for me to say that. So uh, I'm excited as could be. I can't wait to get this started. It's going to be a long week at work. I can tell you that.
0: Well, we've been talking to Scotty Melvin, our sports director, uh, and he's talking 4A District Three, and uh, what an uh, as always an excellent breakdown. I think Scott, this is the is this the last one you're going to do? Um, and are we all the way through it?
1: This is the last preview, yeah. I, you know, because we're not, uh, in my opinion, at least not yet. Now, when I when I get moved up north a little further, if we want to start busting into some 5A Cedar Rapids schools and whatnot, uh, and, and Iowa City too. I, I'd be happy to do it. Um, but for now, Southeast Iowa, we don't have anybody that big. So four A's it, and uh, that's that's a wrap on the preview.
0: Well, uh, if there is one more conference, uh, if I could ask you to to study and maybe sometime first part of next week, come back to me. Uh, what about that little Dutch conference? It's with the, uh, the one Los Pella, Pella and Pella and uh, stuff like that. That's some that would be an area of uh, interest for our listeners.
1: Yeah, I could dig into that for sure. Um, our schools aren't lined up in a district with those guys right now. And that could change down the road because they redistrict every two years. Um, But we're likely to see them in the playoffs. You know, if any of our schools advance far enough and it might only take a a round or two before we see a Pella or Carlisle or, or whoever else may come out of those uh, that, that particular area. So we're you know it, they're they're of interest no matter no matter what so I'd be happy to dig into it.
0: Okay, yeah, because I think it would that would be the cherry on top of what we're doing. You know, uh, even if there's just a couple teams that are in the area, you know, like you say, the teams that that are that we are covering, they don't need to pay attention to them because you know Fort Madison's always a play in Oskaloosa and whatnot. You know, in the playoffs and pillows. uh, you know, they got a great team up there too. A lot of times, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll check into that. Thanks for being with us, Scott.
1: Anytime, I'm ready to start covering games. It's it's uh, it's getting more tense by the week for me here.
0: Well, Scotty's ready for some football. Our listeners are ready for some football, and uh, as the days tick by, uh, we're getting closer every day, every minute's a little closer to the football season. So, hang in there. Round Guy Radio is going to keep keep them coming out. We'll keep we keep loading up the pistol, and you guys keep pulling the trigger and listening. And uh, thank you guys so much, all of the listeners. I I appreciate you so much. We had the best day we ever had yesterday. We had uh, like 338 people listen to our podcast just yesterday afternoon. I mean, so people are finding it. They're listening to it. They're going through all these prediction shows that you're doing. And then they're wanting to hear from these coaches. And if you want a good look at it, I mean, I'm truly really trying to give you the most in-depth uh, Look at high school football in, in Southeast Iowa and beyond. I mean, we are—we're talking to you know everybody that we can, and, and uh, like I say, we are going to expand hard into Cedar Rapids and Iowa City because Scott's moving up there, and that's where he's going to be. And we just keep him local, and and uh, we'll welcome more listeners from there because uh, we we do actually at Coralville, Iowa City's uh, Cedar Rapids, we we really are starting to develop a grassroots following. So keep on listening. We're almost to 7,000. The goal is to get to 10 by the end of the football season. So keep listening. Keep sponsoring. Share these episodes. uh, Pass them around. Talk about Round Guy Radio and let them know that uh, Southeast Iowa is not going to be ignored anymore. And we're kicking the door down. We're yelling and screaming. (laughs) And uh, we're we're even getting uh, coach uh, recruiters, coaching uh, college recruiters starting to listen to our podcast so that's a that's the 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 main goal for me and scott isn't it
1: absolutely i've even been some of the kids that i uh uh, train with or get to chat with at the gym you know they're former players from around here and i tell them uh you know because they ask about the podcast ask about what we think of the teams such and all that and uh so I, i i say hey if you got a kid that is kind of under the radar or whatever and you think we ought to take a look at him or, or mention his name let me know because we'll dig into it and we'll do that so uh, I just want to shine the light on the kids and, and all the hard work they're doing in our coaches and our communities and uh, I'm, I'm happy to be able to help it way I can
0: well everybody let's get out and support high school football in, in Iowa if it's going on in Iowa we'll talk about it and we'll try to keep you up on everything and every little department and we do a lot more than just just sports but we we do sports like nobody else does. We're a podcast like it's never really been, you know. And we're filling that we're filling that void of uh undercovered areas and we're not just shining a spotlight on it, but we're we're we got a megaphone that we're blasting and screaming, Hey, look at us. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're 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 Southeast Iowa, and we're dang proud about it. So thanks for being with us, listeners. And thank you, Scott, for being for all your work.
1: Thanks for having me, bud.
0: Round Guy Radio with news you can use that won't give you the blues and keep on listening.